Hi everybody, this is John from the Bagden Broadcast, and I'm I'm here with oh with Paul. Me, Paul. I wasn't sure if you were throwing it to me. I was, but you kept looking like you were gonna go. I'm Paul. Yeah, this is because that's what we normally do. <laughs> that's what we normally do. Uh, we normally come to you in three different ways. Yeah, first, like, yeah. first being the weekend geek. Then we go into our list, the comic books we're looking forward to that week, and then we go into a main topic, which is. Uh, monthly, we have a couple different things that we always do monthly, um, and then a couple random new titles. Uh, and this is what we call a not episode. Uh, this would probably be not episode 292. Yes, it uh, will be not episode 292. <laughs> um, we do these every once in a while when like some, of, the way. some of the yeah. cast members can get together and some of them can't, and we try to fulfill an episode. Uh, and this is actually one that we've, uh, lost this episode of, yep. uh, then we re-recorded it with Paul and I both on Skype and it was about as awkward as our intro was <laughs> like the whole time. It, it was very, it just didn't, it, nothing flowed right. Mm-hmm. We were both coming off of long days at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I think one of the things that makes like a podcast is mm-hmm. sitting with somebody and talking versus, trying to guess when you're supposed to talk and if that person's done talking and Mm -hmm. there's a lag between (laughs) them. Uh, But this is something that Paul and I are both passionate about. Mm -hmm. It's not beer. Uh, We are passionate about beer. We are passionate about beer, and we will talk about uh, a couple beers that we're drinking. We could have just went up to Vermont today. (laughs) We could have. I wouldn't have gone into work. Uh, <laughs> things we could have done. Things we could have done. But this is something that we are passionate about, and it is board games. Um, if you've noticed, we Paul and I have been doing board game reviews over on YouTube, mm-hmm. on our Bagged and Board cast YouTube page. Yeah, uh, youtube.com slash Bagged and Board. And it was yeah. just sitting there. We it wasn't getting used. Yeah, our, yeah, we had a great uh, YouTube site, and thanks to uh, Chris and. Yeah, but we decided, you know what, let's start doing some reviews. And we were like, do we really want to try to talk about comic books each and every week? No. How about a board game every other week? Yeah, we can try that. And it turned out, because I'm not a great video editor, to turned out to be like once every three weeks, maybe? I think we're still putting content out yeah, there. we're still putting content out. And we just wrapped up our first, like, grouping, our first main block of uh, videos. And that was about seven or eight episodes right there. So yeah. a good chunk, you know, about five minutes each. So almost a good hour of uh, board game talk. Yeah. And uh, it's something we love, but we do love beer just yes. as much. And um, before recording, Paul and I drank uh, Avery Brewing Company's uh, it's part of their botanical and barrel line, and we drink their raspberry sour um, aged in oak barrels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't get any oak. <laughs> now that you're mentioning it, it's it, and it's it, botanical and oak barrel uh, or botanical and barrel series. I'm like, okay, I got the botanical, you know, the the raspberry, just a hint of it. None of that oak dryness, though. Uh, most of the time with sours, you're not going to yeah. get that oak because they're using kind of the funkiness that is in that oak barrel, that's what makes it a sour. Uh, They're using those enzymes and different things that are there to tarten up that beer. Yeah, dress it like a hussy. Yeah. Tart it up. Uh, So that's where you're getting, that's where the oak comes in with that beer. Uh, And when Paul said that he was going to be 
getting these Avery breweries or he, that he got them, I said, don't do it. I've never had anything from that brewery that I've liked. I actually bought a couple beers um, for Christmas, and I drain poured them. I thought they were horrible. I gave them a very low rating on Untapped. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised and enjoyed the raspberry sour. Yeah, it, it was it was a sour. It wasn't anything. It was a really good sour. It wasn't super pucker your face. It didn't make me, uh, you know, like invert my lips or anything. <laughs> like I didn't. My my. I'm not inside out boy right now. It was, but it was an enjoyable bit of sour. It was like the perfect balance of like that sour patch kid kind of sour. Yeah. And and no sweetness. You no know? sweetness from the raspberry. Not a lot of raspberry flavor, but mm-hmm. I think it was more there to mellow out. Yeah, the the tartness. But I was really happy about that because it had that distinct, like, viney kind of raspberry, that earthy kind of raspberry flavor. Yeah. Not that, not that you know, sugary saccharin kind of like shock tarts kind of strawberry or something, yeah, or uh, raspberry. Yeah, because sometimes like you get these fruit beers, like the Rubius from um, yeah, from Founders. It's like, ooh, it's just so. So sweet. Or that blushing monk. Mm-hmm. That was. I thought that was uh, a little too much. I, mm-hmm. I chose. I bought two barrel or two bottles because I was really excited about that. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think I finished one bottle. Yeah. Because uh, it just was too much. Mm-hmm. And then I I have another one aging. So in oh, another maybe. another month or two, I think that should be up and ready to see how it is. And for all those wondering, if I went out and bought another bottle of the 120 minute. IPA from last episode 291. I have yet to do it, but I, I, I need to stop someplace and get a bottle or two. Not out right now. Uh, how, get it. how long do I have to wait? Uh, I'm not sure. I talked to uh, uh, a couple people in the uh, biz uh, and uh, not out and ready yet. But it is you, being you produced. Pro- you could probably find it at uh, consumers. consumers sitting in, fr- in their window. In the window with the direct sunlight on it. Uh, with the uh, and then near the windows, uh, you know, here in you know upstate New York, uh, Western New York, y- you usually put some sort of air conditioning unit or heater unit to try to block out some of the cold. So it's probably right underneath a heating vent. Yeah. Yes. And most of the baking. time, they don't even like those stores care. are either excessively hot mm-hmm. uh, or excessively cold. Yep. Ugh. It's uh, probably and, and it probably fluctuates throughout the day. Yeah. So you wouldn't want to buy those. I don't want to do that. Um. And then uh, the other one we're drinking from the same uh, botanical and barrel line is their vanilla bean stout, stout mm-hmm. with vanilla beans aged in bourbon barrels. And we'll talk about this a little bit later because, you know, we don't want to front load the whole episode with just beer talk. We're here to talk about tabletop board games, card games, and all the other kind of games and that we play. And what you have Yeah. Yeah, and the mixture of both talking uh, games. Yeah, and there's something that you know you bring to uh, the regular podcast ball, and especially lately, has been mm-hmm. bringing up some board game news. Is there any news out there? Uh, well, then probably big news is you know kind of what I think really draws us as kind of nerd culture kind of guys. You know, we're we're deep, we're steeped into it. We do a podcast every we do week. Do a podcast about it. Uh, you know, mainly it's about comic books, but man. This is a hobby that I got into kind of more deeply back in 2000, probably eight, 2009, and I, I and I thought I kept I got onto it like at near peak, 
And this this hobby keeps on growing. Like uh they announced a couple months ago uh Gen Con, which is the probably it is the biggest uh convention for board game tabletop gaming uh in the United States at least. And they're having to move to Lucas Oil Field, which is a football stadium if you're not a football fan. Um so because last year at Gen Con they were thinking they had over seventy five thousand people. Wow. in attendance over the course of the four-day convention, or is it a five-day convention? So they're going to have to move and there and like basically set up booths on the field and then in the concourse and everywhere else. And apparently there's an actual, like it, it, the stadium itself is has a convention center kind of like built into it. But like that's how big of a convention it is. It, it'll fill a football stadium. Yeah, and an American football stadium. Sorry, I Costa believe Ricans. it because you keep every time I turn around, there's a new board game uh, convention mm-hmm. around here, or just over the border, yeah, uh, or through the border and over in Detroit. Like those mm-hmm. are like just close ones, and it's like, oh man, there's always something nearby board game related. Mm-hmm. We don't live that far away from uh, you know Ohio, and they have their big. What? Which one is that? Um, um, I'm going to have to edit the show or something to look it up later. <laughs> but we live in, you know, in Buffalo and in, in Niagara Falls every year. There's the Gathering of Friends, which is a convention that's invite only. And it's a bunch of board game designers and people in the industry that get together just to play games. Like they love what they do so much, you know, it's an odd job kind of career. And they, they want to get together with other people in the industry and just play games for, you know, three, four days. So. And it's kind of like when these, like, oh, you know, wouldn't it be cool to be invited and, like, play all the games with the designers themselves? Like, but it's, like, their own, that's why it's called The Gathering of Friends, because they're not there to push their products or anything. They're just there to to play play games games and talk shop with other people that That do that. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of, that's right in our own backyard. That's, like, 45 minutes away. Not that far from me. Yeah. Oh, it's, like, 10 minutes away from you. Uh, <laughs> but it's a crazy thing, and man, uh, we grew up in the 80s, no. and to go looking at where, what we grew up with, what board games were, to what they are now, it's kind of crazy, you, you know, it's a whole different animal, it feels like, but man, the 80s had some great games to it. Yeah, I grew up playing Milton Bradley games. And that was, like, the game company that everybody had games from them. Mm-hmm. And it's I I have one Milton Bradley game, and it's Clue Museum Caper that I love playing. Because it's mm-hmm. totally different than... It's like one of those contemporary games. It's like what yeah. it's being made now, but it was made, like, in 1987. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. Really? 1987? I don't know. I just oh, threw a okay. number out there. Because, you know, I'm like... Yeah. Because that whole uh, hidden movement kind of thing, it's it's kind of like um, what is it that was came out in like '92 or something, and it, it it hit big here in the United States. Um, what's what's the police force that's all known in uh, England, like when you're talking about the cops? Scotland Yard. Scotland Yard. That there's a game called Scotland Yard. That uh, yeah, but it was like that was one of those ones that. Like, with my family, we would get either... We would get, like, a new board game every year for Christmas. It was, like, a family gift. And that's what we would play, like, that 
Christmas Vacation. Like, we'd get it Christmas Eve, we'd play it, we'd play it Christmas Day, we'd play it the day after Christmas, like, we'd pl- play it then, and then we'd play it on snow days or days off or those rainy <laughs> Sundays. And um, we we would get board games. Mm-hmm. We'd also get, like, puzzles and those crazy 3D puzzles where you'd build a giant castle. <laughs> uh, but, like, those were, like, our kind of Christmas gifts. So mm-hmm. we'd always look for, I would always look forward to getting a new game. And yeah. it wasn't until years later that I realized I missed playing those board games and that board games have gone beyond what I was playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, you know, I had a very, we, you know, I, I grew up in a house with, uh, you know, three siblings, but really when I was growing up, I had my two brothers and my one and my older brother, Ryan, you know, he was only two years older than me, but when you're eight and six, like that, that difference is huge. Oh, it's big. <laughs> That's a big, really big difference because, you know, uh, what you can be into and what, you can play together is really you know that's a big gap uh but for whatever reason uh access and allies just worked you know or not well first it was risk risk just worked for us like uh ryan had his friends over and what's great is if ryan had a friend over like i needed to be that third player <laughs> like it just and i you was you got to play out of default yeah. yep so i was there granted i might not have been the best person to play with you know uh, you know maybe as a you know younger brother but at least i was there right. <laughs> i was better than just having them split a turn or something like that so out of default i got to play games that were maybe a little bit older than i was ready for you know, even starting at maybe even 5 or 5 and 6 you know which is kids are still playing Maybe topple and stuff like that, and shoots and ladders, shoots and ladders. No, I think you're beyond Candyland. I hope because oh, that game. I played Candyland until I was 15. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you see how deterministic it was with this? Just there's no choice. If you got to draw your cards, if you got to draw a hand of cards for Candyland, maybe it would work better. Oh man, we should design a game. (laughs) Candyland Deluxe. (laughs) We don't call it Candyland. Come up with something different. Hmm. I think we're onto something, Paul. Mm-hmm. And then you would have like some backstabby cards where you you get to play somebody else. You get to play a card from that person's hand. Like they have to play that card at that point. Yeah. So that you can move them backwards. Oh, we got something to work on. Oh Paul. yeah, there we go. We can we can make Candyland good. We can. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it was always risk. It was uh, risk was the game for me on a rainy sun, you know, rainy day during you know the summer, and you couldn't do anything else. Like that was the game, and we we had some oddball games here and there, um, you know, Fireball Island, which was really cool. Like back when we were growing up, there there came this like the plastic onslaught games yeah. like like where Dude, like a big tower yeah. and like shooting metal balls at it and things yeah. going crazy oh, talking about shooting metal balls was there a better game than crossfire <laughs> like hungry hungry hit those <laughs> like the thing is with crossfire that the trigger got so difficult to press every once in a while that it, you like and if you really if both you know both kids get idiots about it like it was so hard to keep that board on the table like because you start just pulling it's it sliding back, all over and it's the sliding place. all over the place yeah. balls are bouncing everywhere it almost turns into sure. rock'em sock'em robots <laughs> yeah 
but you got your head down, like trying to line up your shot, and then your older brother just socks you in the nose with the whole board. <laughs> you know, fun. It's fun. That's wholesome family oh, fun. Uh, I'm not saying that I did that to my little brother, but it might have happened. And you get away with hitting him in the face. You know, he might have chipped a tooth and playing crossfire, and I might have gotten a crossfire taken away from me because of it. But you yeah, know, that's only because you were holding the game and you walked up and slapped him in the face with it. You weren't playing it. <laughs> we were. He was. He was just lining up his shot, and I was distracting him. <laughs> Don't keep your nose so close to the gun. You know, just it's also us McGowans. We had the big noses. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't keep the snouts away from things. No. Uh man. So yeah. So we had these. So, and my little brother was you know four years younger than me. So that onslaught, those plastic compo- contraption kind of things, so much better than mousetrap. But, oh, mousetrap's, like, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, what was the one, the, the tornado game, where it was basically Tas- the Tasmanian Devil, but he would spin up and then come down from the mountain, I stuff I like that. didn't have that one. Uh, there was, but yeah, like, every year it was, like, one of these new games where it was just came... The box was huge, always huge. <laughs> like, that's how they got you. That's how they got you to pay that mm-hmm. money. Same thing with the games these days. Yeah. When you, sometimes when you open these current games and you're like, I don't know, like Batman: all, Arkham Asylum. Escape. All of this could have fit in a tiny box. <laughs> like, there's your overhead, man. <laughs> well, it's to get it's to get the shelf space and get you to catch get eye your eye to catch. Yeah, but here's the look thing. At it. Here's the thing is, like, you go to a board game place, they're mm-hmm. all just stacked on each other. Like, yeah. they're just the ends of the board game. So you got to go knowing mm-hmm. either what you want, looking for something in particular, yeah. or just the title of that game's got to catch you. And you're going to be like, what's that about? And then you pull mm-hmm. it out. And sometimes you read the box or you just look at the game and go, no, yeah. I don't like the looks of you. Mm-hmm. Slim Jack Five, and then put it back. In the yeah, room. Slim Jack Five. That sounds like a horrible game. It sounds like you're robbing cars. Yeah, with a Slim Jim. Sl- yeah, but it's carjacking. Yeah, with a Slim Jack. Slim Jack. You got to steal five cars. Yeah. We're coming up with game ideas left and right. Man, I just need to randomly put words together and uh-huh. throw them out there, and then you create a game Let's out of it. Let's create a game. Boom. Might be might be a listener challenge one of these days. <laughs> Get people to call in on Skype. There we go. Word association game. Paul makes a board game out of it. That sounds like fun. Yeah. But uh, so board games for me, it was either those like plastic mounds of just garbage that yeah. were kind of fun. You know, you roll the dice, you moved, and, you know, you have to hit a button and something might hap- happen. You know, Fireball Island, you collect an idol, and it was kind of like an Indiana Jones. Or it was the strategy war kind of games like risk and then while well, you got into uh ultimatum which i've never seen around again i think that was a parker brothers game and i still own uh access and allies the from milton bradley from their game master series which is basically the onset of world war ii and that's still going on like this it's still getting releases of oh, yeah. different of different uh battle theaters and different times of the war and everything like that and i'm like wow i didn't know access allies was still going on it's nice to know that it is because I mean, even if you're thinking about like risk, how many different versions of risk are they going to put out, and have they put out? Yeah, I just bought Star Wars Risk because <laughs> yeah. I heard good things. It's not risk; it's like risk in name only. 
No, that's interesting. I, yeah. I thought it was interesting that it was like two or four players mm-hmm. yes. instead of two, two, four players. Yeah, because you got to have a balanced uh, turns, you know, for the Empire Rebels. It's it, it looks interesting, and I'm kind of excited to play it because it it says everything I've heard. It's like no, it'll take you like 45 minutes at most because it's just the assault on the second Death Star. That's cool. Yeah, it's not world. It's not. Uh, I I have all your territories except for the one here in Australia. Come on, do you want to concede? Nope, because it's my turn. I'm turning all these cards in. I get 87 armies. And here I come. I'm going to make a push, and I'm going to go this far. I won't be able to go anymore. Uh, now I'm out. Well, you only have your one territory left. Will you concede? No, because I have my cards, and I got 94 armies. Let's go. And it's like, for and you do that. Four turns in a row, and <laughs> and all, and it lasts like an hour and a half. half yeah, because you're like, and that's the one thing with risk that it's okay if you all come into it like agreeing that you won't let it get to that point. And after that point, I think it needs to be like just kind of turn based. We're mm-hmm. gonna do. We're at this point, three mm-hmm. more turns, or even like at the end of like, hey, that third guy is knocked out. It's down to two. Mm-hmm. You each get a play of like four turns yeah. to do something, because. Paul, every year for his birthday, has a game day where Mm -hmm. his house is open. Anyone who wants to can show up at any time. I made this mistake once by doing the Risk game once. The other games, the other times that I've done this, I haven't played Risk. You know why? Because that happened. And it was one of those days. hours. I showed up. I showed up after work. Mm -hmm. And right when I showed up, uh, the third guy got knocked out. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about starting a new game and blah, blah, blah. and And then... There was talk of like just going on and playing PlayStation, uh, mm-hmm. like a or Xbox, a yeah, fighting yeah. game. Mm-hmm. And I said, let's go do that because these guys are going to be forever. Yeah. They're like, no, it's just down to two guys. And I'm no. like, no, it's going to be forever. Let's go do something <laughs> else because they're going to take up the whole table and it's going to annoy the piss out of everybody mm-hmm. because that's risk. Yeah. But you know what's you know what's great about risk. It eats up the whole afternoon on a rainy Sunday, uh, rainy day during the summer, and uh, keeps the kids out of the house and on the porch and quiet. Rainy day in the summer Uh keeps the kids out on the porch? Yeah, that's where we used to play. We had a covered porch. Okay, you had an awning. I was just wondering, like... (laughs) Covered porch, rainy day. The board is getting soggy. You you go outside. Kind of like where we used to play HeroClix. Yeah. Because my... I don't remember it being uh, covered then, though. Yeah. Well, it was a different house at that time All right. when I was growing up. But, you know. Playing outside. I like, that's what I, I love playing board games out on a porch. Mm-hmm. Like, a covered porch is where it's at for a board game. Oh, yeah. That's my childhood right there. You know, the creakier, the older, the more dry-rotted the wood on the porch, the better. Uh, during the summer, every... Every Sunday morning, I'd get up, I'd have breakfast with a uh, future wife, take my cup of coffee, go outside. I need to sleep over Saturday nights. <laughs> You're more than welcome. Uh, go outside and then sit outside and read until I either have to... No, get, we're playing board games. Get ready for... Get, well, yeah. this, is, this is every Sunday for me. Uh-huh. Get ready to go to the podcast or... I have something else I have to do before the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I every time I want that outside time just to sit and mm-hmm. read. I love sitting outside and reading 
sitting out just sitting outside. Like I mm-hmm. can sit on a front porch that's like a busy commotion going mm-hmm. on outside, cars moving that. I can sit out there for hours. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So yeah, I can understand. I'd I'd love to play games. I, uh, that's that's where risk, that's where risk happened for us. So, you yeah. know, luckily we did get the uh, two player, you know, the flipboard that I have actually underneath the bed right now because I found it up in the attic at my parents' house when we were cleaning up. It had the reverse side of Castle Risk, where you had a it's basically capitals and it was only you know Europe. So if your capital got to, you know taken, you were out of the game. Makes it a lot quicker. That's fun, and it was fun because there were. Uh, cards that you could play and you, they had different powers so and they were kind of like so it was, man like th- those kind of strategy games where it would just eat up a whole summer's day like i loved them as a kid like yeah. out on the porch it was perfect and then you get older and you probably you're like me you drifted away from board games when was it that you got back into board games probably what was it 2000 my older brother again ryan he you know i have to i have to give him credit because he's you know i was like oh you know i always sure there was because we started playing because we lived in a perfect situation a great situation where um office you know, microsoft is telling me i should try office for 365 days for one or one year which is the same thing i don't microsoft shut up <laughs> so if you heard a chime that was that don't that interrupt was, my podcast uh we lived above Scott and Sam, you know, or, or, you know, producer Scott, right above. We had a duplex. And so we would have them up and we would just play, you know, the, the standard games. You know, uh, we would play Yahtzee. Yahtzee. We would play uh, Scattergories. You know, um, we would, Kate never liked, my wife never likes trivia games, so we never played Trivia Pursuit. But those style games, you know, those kind of just Jenga in those games and I'm like you know what I kind of want to play like some of these other games that are coming out like Ticket you know Ticket to Ride and some of these you know maybe Catan and so I so I started getting those Ryan, uh, my brother Ryan you know we talked I talked about it with him and he's like oh if there's a game that you gotta play it's really fun really easy to play it's it's Ticket to Ride get that game you guys will love it especially with four people it's the perfect like double date kind of board game like awesome, yeah. Uh, I get it. Nobody plays it with me, <laughs> like, and it just sits in my closet for years. And I, and Ryan keeps on like, you know, I played and I would go over and play games with uh, my brother Ryan still, uh, just like how I was as a kid. Like he would invite me because they needed the third or fourth player, <laughs> and I'd play the cool games like Arkham or uh, 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 what is it? Ar- Ar- Eldritch Horror. Uh, not Elder Torch, Elder Sign. Elder, Elder Sign. Sign. I played Saboteur, Ticket to Ride, Catan, all these different games because, you know, we'd, I'd be over at his place or he'd be over at my parents' place. My mom really got into Carcassonne and I played Carcassonne with my parents. Like, So basically, the rest of the family kind of got into it when I started getting back interested in and we just kind of fed off of each other. And I've been kind of like uh, hooked ever since. Like, and I'm hooked in a way where I buy games and they're just like, one of these days, oh, my birthday will be right around the corner and I'll force everybody to play these games with me again. Uh, and before I get into uh, current games that got me mm. into it, we have this other Avery beer. Mm. And John, you already mentioned it's a vanilla bean stout. A stout with vanilla beans added, aged in bourbon barrels. Sound the alarm. We should have like a 
a sound effect for bourbon barrel age no, beers. We should. We can ringing it all the time. Yeah. It should be it's that like, bell that you ring during Easter. Like Pee Wee's Playhouse, like when you say bourbon yeah. age, everyone goes, ah! Because, you know, we this the Bagnum Boardcast would not be anywhere if it wasn't for... If we were to go anywhere, it would be in a bourbon barrel. <laughs> We are those old men. I'm pretty sure you and I traveled <laughs> yes, over the Niagara Falls. Falls in a bourbon barrel. Yes. Find that picture on our Facebook page. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is pretty good. Um, now that I've drank in more of it. We were coming We were coming from a sour. Mm-hmm. And we were like, man, this is, it's good. You get that vanilla. But I'm like, man, it's like maple syrup on it's my tongue. Really, it, and I got a lot, I pulled out a lot more chocolate mm-hmm. syrup. Yeah. Um, but again, like that was coming from a sour to this beer. Uh, for 10.5 percent. Okay, that's why I'm talking so much. <laughs> Sense. There's not there's not a lot of alcohol burn. There's mm-hmm. nothing here to tell you that this is that high of a beer. Mm-hmm. There's also nothing really there to tell you this is a bourbon aged beer. Yeah. This tastes like a vanilla milk stout. Mm-hmm. It really does. It's yeah. Really smooth. Okay. Yeah. I get a little bit of the. If you breathe through, you get the warmth in your mouth. I don't get a burn on the back of my throat or anything, but I do have that. My my cheeks are warm, and my whole mouth area are are a little warm. And I think it's, I think maybe it's because you put it in my mind that this is ten point five, and now I'm noticing it. <laughs> now you're noticing it. But if you were to let me go, I would just been like, I feel good. I, I, don't, I don't know why I feel good. I feel well, good. you feel good because it's 10.5%. We're almost done with this because it's a fast-drinking beer. Yeah. Uh, this 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 isn't bad. I would pick up more from this series, from the <laughs> Botanical and Barrel series. I would not pick up anything else from there. They're, they put everything out in cans. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do do bomber bottles mm-hmm. of different things. What I've had in cans keeps me absolutely away from any other release they have. Mm-hmm. These two beers will pique my interest when I see that green foil top and I see that logo of Botanical and Barrels. Because these were both very good. It depends on price. You said they, you think they were about 13%. Uh, yeah, maybe or $13. $13. $13. It's $13 at most, yeah. Uh, which I think there's a lot better bourbon barrel aged beers for that price. Definitely Imperious Rex. Mm-hmm. Anything from Clown Shoes is going to be about that same yeah. price and I think is better. Okay, it off. if you knocked off $2. If you knocked off $2, I, even at $13, I would read the label, mm-hmm. see if it piques my interest. And most likely buy the bottle for yeah. the two of us to yeah. split. Because um, sours are hard to find. Sours are hard, are very a good sour is hard to find. And this one is a good sour. It is a good sour. Uh, if you paid thirteen ninety nine for this bigger bomber, mm-hmm. this is more beer to price than the uh, barrel aged or uh, the the farm to barrel. Beer, that blueberry beer I brought mm. a couple episodes ago. Yeah, right, right. Because um, that was eleven ninety nine for a smaller bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, I mean, it just depends. I'm always willing to spend on something that I think is worthwhile. I got to read that label yeah. and see if it's worthwhile. 
I've been going into uh, uh, Premiere, the local shops that we I, I frequent during a lunch break during work. It's and it seems like these breweries are just like trying to take my money because it's like, hey Paul, did you see that we have a vanilla bean stout? Oh, did we mention it's aged in bourbon barrels? I'm like, shut up and take my money. And then I've walked down a little bit farther, and left hand has a coffee milk stout. And I'm like, shut up and take my money. <laughs> uh, it's very true. I've gotten really bad to the point that I go to the counter where they have the mm-hmm. all the bourbon age beers, and they have uh, on that top shelf yeah. behind them. Uh-huh. And I'm looking, and I'm seeing if there's anything new or anything that's just the right price. Because the behind the counter stuff is like running you between thirteen ninety nine to twenty five ninety nine, uh, even uh, even upwards, yeah. even more. Um, they have they have all of the stone vertical right now, mm-hmm. and I'm worried. I like I I don't want to. We had the vertical once, the vertical eleven. Yeah, yeah, that was forever, five years ago. Yeah. Um. So I'm always like I think we had it in 2012 though. We I think we had it on 12 12 12. Yeah, maybe. But the the stone ones I'm always worried about picking mm-hmm. up. But I would pick up more of cuz they have three different versions of the uh Great Divide. Mm-hmm. They've like the old Ruffian barrel aged. They got another one. The Yeti series are you talking about or We had we had the Bourbon aged Yeti, mm-hmm. but then Oh, they, they have a Bourbon aged Old Ruffian. And they have a bourbon age, another one. Is it the Claymore? It might be. The Scotch Ale? Uh, you should go see. <laughs> take my money. <laughs> it's it's like, get up and take my money. Uh, uh, so, it's it's tough because I got to go in there knowing I, I have to plan my trips out to be like, am, okay, am I okay spending 50 bucks on beer? Am I okay, am I okay with this? Am I make Because it's basically shaking the the devil's hand and being like I'm going to walk in here and I, I'm promising myself I'm just looking to see what's new but I know I know who I am I'm walking out with too much beer uh, future wife and I when we go to premiere we set a number yeah and good luck keeping to that number every time we've kept to that number oh, good for you yeah because the thing is 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 one she would kick my ass mm-hmm. if I went over or she'd say you have to put something back mm-hmm. so I'm already I'm wheel- I got nobody. I got nobody there. <laughs> I'm wheeling and dealing with myself going, all right, well I can put this back for next time because that's going to be good. That'll be there. Then I'm going to have I'm going to take this beer and I'm adding everything up in my head. I'm doing all this and then when it's time to go, it's like dragging a little kid from like the toy section of a toy store. Mm-hmm. Like you got to get out of here cuz I'm like, oh, "Okay, wait a minute. I'm Oh, but let me go check this side of the aisle. Oh, ah, ah. let me see. I'm gonna put this back and I'm gonna grab this. Are you guys? Are you interested at all in that uh, the Guinness, the Guinness uh, barrel age stuff, mm. the the uh, brewers, the uh, bartender series, where they take Guinness, they uh, barrel age it, and then they sell the Guinness, and then what the uh, the distiller, the distiller distills into the beer. Yeah, it reages into the thing again. I I would do it for a laugh. Like if you mm-hmm. if you and I wanted to uh, split. Do, it. do you see how much it costs though? Like to sub, like, I I don't even because it comes in a box. I don't even. I looked at it and I'm like, oh, is it? Is that really fourteen bucks for a Guinness? And I'm like, 
a four pack of Guinness though is like almost ten dollars. It's like eight ninety nine to nine ninety nine, depending yeah. on where, where you're getting it. And it's a it's a bigger bottle. It's like a bomber yeah, bottle. It's right? in a box. I I don't know. I'm yeah. hoping it's a bomber. It should say how many. Yeah. Well, I didn't. At least. I looked at the price and I'm like, it's See, Guinness. Fourteen dollars isn't bad, it, but it's Guinness. It's it is Guinness, but it's a nice smooth beer. Yeah. Guinness is good. It's okay. It's it's a standard. It's a bargatory item. I'm not going to pay up. So I see it, and I'm like, that's a premium price. You're not a – there's nothing that makes me think that I should spend a premium price for that product yet. So I would – the only way I would do it is, like you're saying, on a lark, where I have, like, the the – Barrel the 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 spirit plus the Guinness yeah. that barrel aged Guinness like together and we would try those out together. But that's then I'm talking about a fifty dollar uh, uh, you know somewhere between a thirty to a fifty dollar buy in price for that kind of lark, for a lark. Yeah, but like, like I, I still have a good spirit no matter what. And I was like I said I just said like if we were gonna do both of those. I'd split the cost with you. Okay. You know? So we'll look into that. Maybe we'll yeah. do that for a not episode or something. I think that'd be fun. Uh, did you... Did you? We gotta be careful because we'll break the multiverse again. Oh my gosh. See your, see our last Christmas... Uh, our two Christmas episodes ago. Last year's, not... Not 2015's, but 2014's, 2014's. Christmas special. Uh, did you see that uh, Sam Adams has put out um, three beers in nitrous cans? No. Yeah. How much are they charging for the nitrous cans? Oh, they come one. They come in a box. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think. It's, and one of them is a Sam Adams lager. <laughs> one of them is a Boston lager. <laughs> one of them is just their Boston lager. Um, so they're like, screw you. One of them is an IP, either an IPA or a pale ale. I I didn't check price. It's probably somewhere. It's probably like eleven to fourteen. It's probably overly priced yeah. for that. Uh, I thought it was funny that they're jumping on that nitrous bandwagon, mm-hmm. but. To me, why aren't you trying to figure out or copy what um, left hand does? Mm-hmm. Like no, like I understand like people not copying how they do it mm-hmm. because really that's their own and it shows that you're copying them. But you're doing nitrous cans. You're mm-hmm. you are copying them mm-hmm. to a degree because you do see lots of breweries like Founders puts their pal al. At bars through nitrous, mm-hmm. which is a pale ale on nitrous, is awesome. So I just think it's well, silly for people that you know aren't in the know. Nitrous, what gives you a different mouthfeel, right? It's a it's it's a creamier consistency. The, it's the not way as, nitrous. Um, there's three ways to deliver beer through uh, like a keg system. Uh, the first and original is the hand pulled, creating. You know, uh, pressure by pumping it up through the keg and out. Think of an old-time water spigot, you know, going out and actually having to pump water from the well. And those beers come out, they have a creamier head Mm -hmm. and are normally served warmer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then you have the CO2, which is every single bar there is, and you get beer Mm -hmm. with the CO2. uh, You have a beer out of a keg that is the same as opening a bottle and having it normally. It's the fountain drinks of beer. <laughs> and it's, it's the standard. It's what is. It's what you expect when you open up a bottle, and it's what you expect when you order a bar at a, you know, a, a beer at the bar. Uh, and then the nitrous 
takes that liquid that is not carbonated mm-hmm. and forces it out through, and you're drinking a smoother, uncarbonated beer that has still has the head, but everything is much creamier. The way it mm-hmm. forces it out is much different, mm-hmm. and it creates like tiny, like almost like tinier bubbles that mm-hmm. don't tighter bubbles. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's a different mouthfeel. It. Does it change? It doesn't really change the flavor so much, but since it's co- because the texture is different and how it interacts with your taste buds is different, it's a different sensation and then a different, almost a different flavor profile, but not quite really. Uh, <laughs> or is it? The, or is the science there to say yes? It is. Uh, the science is there because John on uh, Saturday. Went to Twelve Gates Brewery with uh-huh. uh, future wife and friend Stephanie. Uh, they got flights. Mm-hmm. I was there the previous night with friend of the show Ed, and I had had. Okay, I, I knew I couldn't make it on Friday just because I always get stuck. Yeah, at you work. couldn't do it on Thursday. Oh, was it Thursday? Thursday was with Ed. Okay. Saturday. What, yesterday. Friday. Oh, okay. Well, Friday. Yeah, I guess I'm always stuck at work. Yeah, <laughs> there's no escaping work when I'm at. Sorry, work. sorry, you weren't okay. invited. No, I was invited on the one night, and I'm like, I can't. It was just me and Ed. Mm-hmm. Nobody else came. Well, it was like his birthday the one year, his 30th birthday when nobody showed up. I was there for his 30th. No, it was just me. Okay. Well. <laughs> Anyways, I had had I had had their coffee porter on Thursday. Probably one of the best things they have. We went back. I got the same beer on nitrous. They got flights. I tasted the nitrous. I said, you know what? I like this even better mm-hmm. than what I had the previous night. I also had the ability to mm-hmm. try them back the, to back. The, them right next to each other back to back. And I had the girls try them as well. Mm-hmm. And they all agreed there's a smoothness and the richness of the flavor comes out more mm-hmm. in the nitrous. Okay. But it definitely, I think, when you taste them back-to-back, you get those bubbles. You feel them on your tongue. Mm-hmm. It's not as smooth, and it loses that yeah. richness. That flavor like carbonation, almost, yeah. That flavor almost, like, really rounds out and just kind of coats your tongue with the nitrous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but John's going to continue talking, because mm-hmm. I will say about uh, currently what the yeah, thing... What got I, you back into board games, right. And uh, it was probably one of the only things that the... Um, not great girlfriend Christina <laughs> did for me. Uh, I was interested. I've always been interested in games. Family. We were always playing games, and she was one of the people that introduced me to like Carcassonne. And uh, her brother, who I became really good friends with, him and his wife loved games, and we would have game nights that way. Mm-hmm. And they're people that interested interest introduced to me uh, Ticket to Ride and things like that. And I brought at a game night that I was having with Scott and Sam, Ticket to Ride, that they had played and absolutely loved. The game that I would bring out with Scott and Sam, they lived eight feet below me. And I'd be like, hey, you want to play Ticket to Ride? And they're like, no, that looks like a nerdy game. It has a map of the United States. That's stupid. (laughs) And I'm like... Yeah, but it's but why would I don't want to play Scattergories again? <laughs> and 
we would end up just playing categories. I remember when I said I played that game with them, and you were livid. I was so mad. Because <laughs> it was just in my closet for so many years, and I would only play... Because it was, it was literally like two years where I would offer it like almost once every two to three weeks, and they would make fun of me for offering it because it was a... A map of the United States game that looks stupid, and then they played it, and then like a couple weeks later, they're playing it on iOS and oh, everything, they loved it. and they loved it so much. And I'm like, "You sons of guns!" They were like, "We showed up, and they're like, yeah, if you don't mind, we probably want to stop playing around like 9:30 ish. Mm-hmm. That's okay." We played to like 11 with them because they were like, let's do it again. Let's mm. do it again. I want I want to play this again. And it was more Sam than Scott. There was this like, let's mm. do it. Uh, I could have had that same. No, probably not. You know why? Because you're more fun than I'm me. A little bit. I would have probably bored the hell out of them <laughs> when they're explaining the rules. Yeah. I'm horrible at explaining the rules. Uh, but yeah, that was really kind of my big intro to games. Mm-hmm. And it took us quite a while to then connect with each other and say, well, hey, wait, you love playing these games? So do I. We got we got really into HeroClix, us as a podcast, us as a group of the, three. Yeah, the, the, the friends. Because, and I'm like, well, this is like a strategy game that I used to play as a kid. And, and we love comic books. And we love comic books. It just makes sense. And there's this collector mentality that's just like queue up the IV and just pump it into me and, you know, and just start the IV drip of collector mentality and just let's keep on, like, chasing them figures and everything. And you would go to conventions and you guys bought the Sentinel and you guys bought Galactus and everything like that. Yeah. And I, I didn't have that kind of... I didn't save up the money to spend on that kind of stuff because I was too busy buying all the boosters and stuff. And Chris and I even split up brick, you know, bought yeah. a brick of them at one point. So we got really into Heroclix, which was a board tabletop miniatures game. Not as fun as X-Wing, though. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about... Because at least I'm not chasing figures, so I can just buy what I want. Yeah, you can just get what you want. I'm good now. I have a good set. I got yeah, the Millennium I Falcon, I got the Slave One, I got all the fi- the classic figures. I'm good. Yeah, I don't think you need I got to a complete anymore. set. I got a complete box, a complete set. I got everything I would want to play with. So I'm good. Yeah, I'm like I do want to I do want to try it again. And now mm-hmm. that I know and love Poe Dameron, I want to put mm-hmm. Poe Dameron oh, yeah, yeah. We, in, oh, that, yeah. in that X-wing. We got this. We got that new X-wing too. Yeah, oh, that guy's a great starfighter. It was he's a, so good. That guy's a good pilot. He is a good pilot. <laughs> but, well, what was I saying? So I'm not chasing. There's no chase involved with it, which isn't like HeroClix. And HeroClix, like. We played that for a good three, four years. Yeah, know? we played it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of got to that point where we weren't buying any new figures. Well, all because the rules just, like, every set, they, it seemed like a new set was coming out every, like, two to three months. And every set, like, just replaced so much. Like, all your old figures just weren't... They, they weren't up to snuff, but also we started... so much so much not so up to snuff that it wasn't even fun playing them with the three of us. Like my old Electro figure, which ha- was cool when it first came out because it had stealth blades and, and claws. blades and claws. Like it seemed like it it worked well and it was like you could do something with it. Now you 
put that that same character, that same piece out, and then Kingdom Come Superman comes and he has this card on him that makes it, and you're like, I would roll, I would attack you, but no matter what I do, it's not going to do any damage. Where it just made so many of the pieces obsolete and not fun to play with, and you you just have all these bags and bags of plastic that you were like. I can't even form a team with these. These yeah. are just junk pieces. But usually when I played Kingdom Come Superman, I said, I'm playing Kingdom Come Superman. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You would and, then, and you guys would then form a team to try to take him yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was more both of you against but, me. There was, But I'm saying that power no. oh, shift. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And then it even got even worse, and I don't even know where it is now because – yeah. I think one of the other things, too, is we found other things to spend our money on, because mm-hmm. at that time, also, we started uh, drinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we started We got into craft beers. We started going out. We started chasing bourbon barrel-aged craft beers. <laughs> uh, and it was one of those things that it was, I can spend that money on that booster, or mm-hmm. trying to buy that character on eBay. Yeah. We're not playing. Mm-hmm. I'd rather spend my money on this. And I think mm-hmm. what really was the downfall is, like, Chris and I both got long-term girlfriends. Mm-hmm. And hanging out was just hard to do. Yeah, And it was hang out mm-hmm. maybe once a month, and we'd have a couple craft beers, mm-hmm. we'd play a game, and then... Or you guys would go up to Pizza Plant. Or we go to Pizza Plant. And I think that's where most of that, that Heroclix money became Pizza Plant money. Oh, boy, <laughs> did, it, it did it ever. But it, we used to play those games together. And, you know, one year I, I was at a convention, and I'm like, oh, man, the zombie game looks pretty cool. Zombies, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. And I'm like, oh, this, this it's a contained thing. We're not going to be chasing anything. It's a one-and-done kind of purchase. Little did I know there's, like, 27 different expansions out for it. But <laughs> like, they were cheap enough that you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That every once in a while I could buy it for him for a birthday or Christmas or anything. And I did end up getting him one or two more expansions. Yeah, he got like the army base and the, the army mall. And, and, and the mall. Because, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it and, was something we all like to play. And that's kind of like us getting the, the group, back, group together. back together on these new board game, kind of classic board games. And then John and I were like, man, I, I like playing, you know, just games. You do. I do, too. It doesn't need to be comic book or nerd related. I'll play a game about building power grids in the United States or, you know, or, yeah. or in Germany. And the other thing, like, the, th- the thing about the two of us is we... We want everybody to win. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not out to, like, I'm going to rule this game. Everybody's crush. I'm going to beat you mm-hmm. all. And we don't play viciously. No. We play just fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a point, like, once everybody's yeah. kind of learned the rules, then mm-hmm. you're like, all right, hey, you screwed up. You don't get that free play. Right. And Well, there's times when we're learning a game where I'm sitting there like, this doesn't seem balanced at all. <laughs> See what we we were playing. Our, uh the Batman Arkham City Escape board, the board game, and I'm like, wait a second, John. This doesn't seem right. <laughs> like, seem can right. you really move these guys that many times? Because, like, one do- one move, and he- one turn, and you could be done. And he's like, well, if I roll the dice, I c- one turn, and I could do nothing. Like, yeah, maybe that's how it's balanced. Let's read the rules again. <laughs> yeah, and it, I mean... W- w- it's w- not to be vicious or mean, no, no, no. or and be it, a sore it, loser or anything. It's just no, because it's- I'm like... We're trying to find out the balance yeah. of how and it's supposed to be. You were Batman. I gave oh. you Batman. <laughs> you gave me Batman. Uh, but, uh, yeah, but it is... 
I don't know if there's a way for Batman to win that game. It's it seems really tough, but again, it was our first playthrough. No, we, we could be doing we could and be we doing read like we, as we were learning the game, we're like, oh, so I can't do this, and oh, it shouldn't be like that, <laughs> or like oh, let's okay. go back and because we didn't have too much time before we did this, and we were trying to do it kind of more quickly and learn yeah. on the fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. I don't feel like there's a way. I I could see because it's a race to ten points. It's just making sure Batman has the cards to do it because, man, you know the whole combat is based on you having cards and being able to play those cards and getting the dice. So, you know that's that's the way it goes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like it's you'll hear us talk about that if you listen. Yeah, we'll probably if you, do if a you, video on if you, our YouTube uh, channel. Listen or watch those. Um. But yeah, it's it's one of those things. I just love playing games. Mm-hmm. I don't mind losing. Yep. Uh, the only time I've ever gotten kind of uppity or mm-hmm. frustrated or anything is with Future Wife. We play Boss Monster, mm-hmm. and she always wins. <laughs> right. I, I've I think I've won the game once. Mm-hmm. And I've played it against myself, like just to, mm-hmm. the first time I played it to learn how to do it. Yeah. The hand that I was playing as like me versus the other hand lost. <laughs> like I've, I couldn't even beat myself in this game. So I formed a strategy on how to win mm-hmm. compared to how does she wins. And she gets very upset because I play lots of, I learned that I need to play spells. Mm-hmm. I need yeah. to. I need to screw her up. I need to stop yeah. her. The you only- got to play it very take that. You uh, gotta- I'm not playing to win points, but to cause her to lose by. Uh-huh. You're not playing killed. to win. You're playing to make her lose. Exactly. Okay. Which is not the way I like to play, but it was the strategy. It's the only way you it's could. It's a strategy I had to develop mm-hmm. to beat her, uh, which would come to after I play a couple spells. She gets a little huffy. I stop playing spells. I'd lose. <laughs> then we got an expansion, and then we spent time arguing over whether or not this new expansion ability lets us do X. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where I had also been drinking chartreuse, where <laughs> we were just talking in circles. I was getting frustrated. She was getting frustrated. And I took my hand, and I swiped it across the table, throwing everything on the ground. You... Almost literally flipped the table. Yeah. Uh, which is not the way I like no. to play. I <laughs> I don't think anybody likes to play any game where they end up in such a angry mess where right. they have to just swipe the board clean. And that's a game that we are not allowed to play. We don't play that game. And new expansions have come out. I love the concept of that game. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Yeah. I won't buy them because it's not allowed in the house. Well, I've played it with you guys before, and I can see where it can be. You can get stuck really easy with the cards that you're dealt, and there doesn't feel like there's much choice. You're just like, I'm playing the cards that I'm dealt, and everybody else can basically screw me, but I, I have no recourse. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is is you ha- with that game, you have to be willing to change your board. You have right. to really... Mm-hmm play it differently, change this, change that. We played it 
we had just come back yeah, from, from our brewery fa- tour. We had just come back from f- drinking our heads off at Founders. Uh-huh. I believe we all had like KBS on mm-hmm. tap at Founders and yeah. like two. How other- much do you miss KBS on tap? I know. I think about moving to Michigan every day. <laughs> like when I saw a Facebook post, I'm like, it's not that long of a drive. They're doing. Um, but then again. We do have to get to Otter Creek. Mm-hmm. How long uh, is Otter Creek? Mm-hmm. Should, I, uh, should I take a day off? Should we go on Otter Creek? We should. I, I, I'm down for it. <laughs> uh, we're talking about this because one of our favorite beers is the Russian Imperial from Otter Creek, and that is being released in brewery bourbon aged. Uh, but no, like, but at Founders, we had come home. We were all a little bit inebriated. Uh, Chris, I believe, even more so than anyone else, because when we were playing this game, he kept going, wait a second, what? And then you'd explain the rule to him, and then two seconds later, he'd go, wait a second, what? And you explain the same rule mm-hmm. again to him. Six and a half. Six hours, two minutes to the brewery. <laughs> That's not bad at all, Paul. Otter Creek. I think we need to take a day off from work and get some, some barrel-aged... Russian Imperial. Uh, I'm off Thursday. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> What's sad is my boss that's not in my office, if I email him like the story link <laughs> of like what's happening and be like, hey boss, I need Thursday and Friday off. Oh, why? Link? <laughs> He'd be like, Understandable, because <laughs> he li- he likes craft beers too. Like he's the guy that told me about uh, Hell or High Water Melon from Twenty oh, First yeah. Amendment. So, <laughs> oh, so he'd say like, bring me back some. <laughs> he he might be like, inter office me a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's uh, against company policy, but sure, why not? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> Send me a couple of bottles, inter office. Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely it's one of the only games that mm-hmm. I get frustrated in. Yeah. And the only other time you might get frustrated with the game is you're not understanding the rules mm-hmm. or you feel like you're getting picked on. Mm-hmm. And I always try not to at least the first couple rounds when somebody's mm-hmm. new playing it. I'm not going to play that card to screw yeah. people over because one, I don't want to screw people over. Right, right, right. I want to win it on my like my merits. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, everybody plays differently. You and yeah. I are kind of in the same boat yeah, of yeah, how yeah. we like to play. Yeah, well, Kate, uh, my, my wife, uh, Kate, she, she's also in the same kind of way. She doesn't like it, it. Has to be a very specific game, and we have to be in a very specific mood for us to be like to play that but kind of backstabbery Kate, game. Kate is cutthroat, and she, Kate wants to win every single time. Uh, she she would play cutthroat, but like we when we play Splendor. We don't she, play. She wants to win. Every she does want time, but we don't play with a rule where you get to play, which because we didn't realize that was the rule when we started playing. When you could buy the, you, you can take the card off the, the player uh, tableau. You know that's in front of you. The actual face up cards. We always played that you take a face down card and a gold, uh, and a gold. So if you get to play, take any card off the board, like that's a little bit more like. I know what you're going for. I'm going to stop you from going for taking that card, and I'm going to take it and yeah, put it in my Yeah, but there's often times that you and your opponent unknowingly are playing mm-hmm. for that same card. But I think the the kicker there is uh-huh. you have that choice of taking what's on the board mm-hmm. or that face-down card, 
And sometimes you take that card and then that face down card helps yeah, because your he, opponent. Because you flip it right over and you see that face down card right away yeah. if you play it that way. And sometimes your opponent's like, thanks, I get that card for free. <laughs> yeah. I won the game. Mm-hmm. Or I was saving up five red rubies. You see our review for a Splendor. It's on uh, YouTube uh, to understand what the hell we're talking about. Uh, it's a very fun game. It's very light. I, I think it's one of my favorite of these new games. It's I think so. One of the ones that I constantly go back it's to. It's something that you can easily teach anyone. Mm-hmm. It seems a little more complicated, but after a few rounds, everybody gets it. And mm-hmm. I've never played it with somebody where they're not like, wow, I like that. Can yeah. we play that again? And. What's amazing about these new kind of board games is there's very few that I play, and maybe it's just because I, you know, read reviews and everything, but I never feel like there's a board game that I'm, I'm kind of repeating myself, sorry, um, where I feel like I'm out of it. I think by the end of the game, I feel like, man, if I just had one more turn, or man, if I was able to do this, I could have won. Takenoko's that way. Like, Every time I've played it, like, I don't think I've ever won that game, but I've been, like, the first person to put out enough cards to, you know, start the end cycle. Right. And I'm like, all right, I get the Emperor card, I get two extra points, and then somebody else goes and they play their card, they play their last turn, and they play a five-point card, and now they're in the lead. And I'm like, ah, ah, second place again. Like, I, I, I feel like these new board games really are designed well enough to make everybody feel like they're just one step away from winning, which makes you want to say, let's play again. Like even take yeah. a ride. Like, like it looks like somebody's way in the lead. And then you start adding up all the longest routes and this, and then you play and over you start your, adding up yours. T- and your before tickets. you, before you are done adding up your tickets, you've passed them. Mm-hmm. And then somebody else. And then everybody's like in this one group together and maybe one person's like behind, but for a little while there, everybody's kind of grouped together. Like it always feels like you never feel really out of these games, which is, I think one of the amazing things about it. Like there's very few times where you're just like, ah, I'll give up. Even in the Batman Arkham Asylum, I'm like, well, if I could take this guy down, that'll get me X, you know, three more points, and that'll put me like four points away from winning. So, you know, maybe I'm not in as bad a spot as I am, as I think I am. Yeah. And also, you're. I mean, you had the dice, you just couldn't make the roll. I, I could, yeah. And I and, had two shots at it too, and I was one dice. So I was only one dice away. Yeah. And yeah, no, I think I think you're very you're on to something there mm-hmm. that you need to feel like you just about won. Yeah. And then all right, I've learned from my mistakes. Mm-hmm. Now let's try it again now that I'm more uh-huh. educated on this. But the thing is the winner also learned something from winning also. Oh yeah. And so you and you can go back and forth. Like Kate and I like playing uh Lost Cities, the card game. Uh what is it? The Sushi Go, Takenoko. You know, it's, it's, I always feel like we're on very even pacing. So I can completely understand your grief when you're talking about Boss Monster. Because <laughs> if there was a game where I was just like, no matter what I'm doing, I'm losing, or what I'm doing causes my opponent to get so upset with me because it's the only way I could win, like I could see that there is no enjoyment there. No, yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't mind losing, but I. I mind losing because I let myself lose. Right. I wasn't playing within the rules yeah. to win. Uh, but yeah, like 
mentioning those games, like my favorite games right now, we got from uh, Kickstarter mm-hmm. uh, Alchemy. Or no, I'm sorry, Cauldron. Cauldron, which okay. is a store. It's a game of alchemy. I'm like Alchemist. That was in a Kickstarter. That seems crazy. That is a smoke detector going off in my house. <laughs> so I'm going to hit pause right now. If I die in a fire, it's John's fault. Cauldron. It's a game of alchemy. That's where <laughs> my mistake was. Um, but it's probably one of their favorite games that we got off of Kickstarter. And we've been playing it a lot. It's a great two-player game. We've had a couple of people over where we've been able to play four players. Changes up the game a little bit. Um, but it's a fun, fun game. Another one, it's one that we had played a lot previous, and we just brought out because uh, Takinoko made us think of it, is Abyss, oh. uh, which is a beautiful-looking game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems more complicated than it is which a lot of these games do seem when mm-hmm. you get all the pieces out. Um, but, no, we played that game uh, a couple times now, and we always enjoy it. Even if you're losing, you're still in the running mm-hmm. to win. And, like, I think I beat Caitlin the last time we played by, like, 10 or 15 points. But it's only because I was able to get things rolling and bring uh-huh. in... And is 10, 15 points a lot in that game, or is it like... No, no. no I mean, okay. it, it, it's... Because it, some games, like, 10 or 15 points is, like, if you're talking about Takanoko, that's, like, huge. Um, you actually, you get you get points for defeating certain monsters. Mm-hmm. You get points for having certain cards in your hand. You get points for... Um, An Abyss is that underwater game. It's an underwater game where you... Uh, the king has died, and you are striving and pulling for position to take the throne over. Okay. So you're having a uh, council in your hand, which are um, the different, different factions. Different factions and different people from those factions mm-hmm. who you recruit to give you influence. Influence. Okay. And then you have your cards, which influence those people coming in. You get points for those. You get points for doing this and that. Mm-hmm. Um, you get points for owning land. Uh, it, it's very, it seems very hard, but it's very easy at the same time mm-hmm. because you're not rolling a die. There's really no chance except for the fact of how smart you play mm-hmm. and how are you going to buy that card on another person's turn? Are you going to wait till they're over and take this card? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to buy this uh, this person? Mm-hmm. who gives you a special ability. And if you have that person to lock in those points so nobody could take them, you then can't use that ability. So do okay. you choose to keep that card out? So keep some... that ability or cash in the points. Exactly. Right. Uh, so it's different ways that you can play are, you know, you can play it different ways. You can play it loosey-goosey. You can play it more conservative. Mm-hmm. And it just depends on how much better your opponent's playing. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those ones that it's it's fun to play a two-player game because things fall differently, but it's how you play them mm-hmm. that makes you win. That's, talking about like how you play and you know making those choices, X-wings miniatures, man. Like <laughs> it's all about like 
how you play and how your opponent is playing. It seems like a really fun game to play, uh, play kind of casually on our level. I, I definitely would not want to go up to the tournament scene because that oh would gosh. stress me out. Because there's people that, there's strategies that are probably out there that are just like, that I would never think of because they take advantage of the rule set. And I'd rather play with, like you're saying, I want to put Poe Dameron out there because he seems like a badass. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I want to see Poe Dameron go up against Wedge Antilles because I think Wedge Antilles is the coolest starfighter there is. Let's see these two go head-to-head, you know, with a couple of, uh, like, whatever, Thai advanced or A-wing fighters or a Y-wing. Like, and that's all. There is there is die rolls. There is the tr- you know, There is luck. that chance because <laughs> there's, there's the times that... Like when we played, like like last, mm-hmm. you kept attacking, and like my crappiest ship that should have gone out first, yeah. just kept rolling. I just kept making all those rolls, rolls, and you're like, oh, I wasted that turn on that. I wasted the Millennium Falcon. I'm yeah. taking out that shitty Tie Fighter. So yeah, I mean, it's it's those times when you play are great. It's yeah. like when we played the uh, the Dungeon Dice game. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I just kept getting Dungeon those. Roll, yeah. I just kept getting those points that mm-hmm. I won the game. Yeah, and I kept taking those chances. Like, ah, let's do it. I'm gonna yeah. roll for it. Let's go. It's and that kind of pushing your luck element. I like having that that die roll, that little bit of chance. It's the difference between uh, a game that everybody loves, which is Pandemic, but it feels feels very planned out, a puzzle that you're trying to solve, versus like Red November. Which is the goblins on, in a in a uh, submarine that's catching on fire and everything's going wrong? They're not goblins. They're just Soviet like soldiers. No, they're goblins or not goblins, but uh, dwarves. Okay, they're dwarves. It's a fantasy setting. Red November, but uh, yeah, they could be Soviet soldiers, and it wouldn't matter. No. But there is a crack in attacking the ship, so that's what makes <laughs> oh, it a fantasy. A little bit of fantasy. So, so they're dwarves, so, like trying to keep the sh- the submarine going. And it's a cooperative game, and you're literally putting out fires, you know, throughout the board. Putting out much, fires, letting water out of rooms, mm-hmm. getting pumps to work. Much like in pandemic, there's things, there's horrible things going on across the board. In Red November, there is, but in Red November, to like get things to work and to fix things, you actually have to roll a die. Versus pandemic, where you're just saying, "Nope, I'm this. I'm the medic, so I'm, I'm doing taking this. all the cubes off." Or I'm this guy, so I'm doing this. And, and there's, there's oh, like those games. What what's fun about them is the talking through yeah. what we're doing mm-hmm. to do that together. And that's what's crazy about like Elder Signs because mm-hmm. it's another cooperative game, but it all comes down to, to your luck, your luck, and your rolls, <laughs> and being smart enough to know there's no way I can beat this room, mm-hmm. so I need to go. Or if we're gonna do this, we need to do it together. So you come in, mm-hmm. so you can use your power to help me. Or with Elder Signs, you, you, you got the rogue. You got the person going rogue, saying, you know what? I, what are the chances? But if I, but if we're going to win, we got to have luck on our side anyways, so let's get luck on our side and try it. It's like, you, you didn't, you, you, didn't. You, needed, you needed seven dice and you only rolled six. You didn't even come close, you jackass. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that happens, you know. And or you're not paying attention, and, and then, then you're like, "Oh, I, I shouldn't oh, have done that." And you roll, and then you, yeah. So it's that kind of cooperative nature. It can get away. A you can get frustrated with each other, but I think as long as you know, you come at it as we're all having fun here. And 
but man, Elder Signs, that'll, that game will beat you up if you're not paying attention. I, I enjoyed playing it so much mm-hmm. that I bought the phone version, uh-huh. like the, the yeah, tablet yeah. version or whatever, and it is even harder than playing it with your yeah. friends. Uh-huh. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The uh, Elder Sign Omens, yeah. I've yeah. played it a couple times. I've only won like twice out of the, like the 15 times I've tried it. Like, because you got to use all the cards. you got to be getting cards and using cards and yeah. just getting them red dice and yellow dice. Elder Signs is a lot of fun. Uh, I like cooperative games quite a bit. I do, too. Uh, Red November, mm-hmm. I really like playing that a lot. Mm-hmm. Pandemic, I felt to a point like I got it because uh-huh. we had worked really – the when we played it, we played it with four people. Mm-hmm. We played really, really well together. And Diligently. I, and I feel at some <laughs> points like I was like, I don't, I don't know. If, we must be missing a step because uh-huh. – we played it twice and we won each time. And people say how hard this the game is. The first time we did miss a step because we're like, oh, as soon as, because we cured a disease and we thought that the, the disease no longer comes out, but it, we didn't eradicate it completely. It only you only not put out those tokens after it's been completely eradicated. Yeah. But then we played it again and we won again. Yeah, playing it right. But, that second time, everybody was on the ball. Everybody was talking exactly what they would do. Everybody knew their roles really well, and we just like, all right, I'm doing this. Does that sound good? Yes. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, save that because I'm going to do uh-huh. this the next turn, and I'll do this, and we can do this, and blah, blah, blah. I don't feel like you know when people talk about uh, board games and you know, like listening to board game reviews for cooperative games, they talk about this alpha player, like the person that just like basically plays everybody's turns for them. I don't think we did that, but I think we were all like the alpha player, where we all just said, no, should I do this? No? Okay, what should I do? And we all kind of delegated our turns cooperatively. Yeah. To, to the, we, nobody played their character. Everybody played, played each other's every, character. Yeah, every, it was a group working yeah. together. To, and I think that's probably why mm-hmm. we were able to win it. Yeah. And uh, I... I we it was just the right you know lightning struck yeah, yeah. you know lightning in a bottle twice um, I do want to play a, a pandemic legacy though but the thing is I've only did you played buy it no because I've only played regular pandemic like four times now so mm-hmm. it's like am I going to spend another sixty am I going to spend sixty five dollars on a game yeah you are that I'm probably not yeah. gonna that I'm not going to get to play. I already got Risk Legacy sitting there that I haven't even played, that I've opened up a couple times and just looked at and said, oh, I can't wait to you play are. this game to open Paul. up all the packets. <laughs> I want to open up all the packets. I want to play this game. No, I can't. Because i got to get a group together that will play it the 12 to 24 times. Yeah, 12 to 24 times that it takes to play that game from beginning to end. And I, I, don't, I don't have that group. No. I do. I have that group over the course of 24 years. <laughs> Once every birthday. <laughs> I think I could I think I could swing the players. Yeah. Yeah. If you lock down a time and a date to lock this thing down, I will buy Pandemic Legacy. All right. Uh, I'll see what I can do. Okay. We got to add that lockdown though. I I'll lock it down. Give me give me a little bit. Okay. I'll work it out. You lock it down. I'll lock it down. Okay. All right. And if you like us locking things down, uh, find us over on Facebook. Paul and I love board mm-hmm. games. Let us know what your favorite board games or card board games, games or anything like that. Dice games. We play uh-huh. them all. We enjoy playing them all. I actually played another Kickstarter game, uh, Island Dice. 
lot of fun. Very, it's like risk meets uh, desert. What's that desert island? Island, the one where it's like cooperative. Oh, uh, Forbidden Island. Forbidden Island. It's like that meets risk meets crazy dice rolls and uh, what's the one with uh, King of Tokyo kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Crazy, a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, let us know what you like to play. We want to know because you might be playing a game that we haven't heard of or haven't checked out. Uh, we'd love to hear about it. Um, Paul loves buying games. I do. Like I had to stop buying. I, I got a little box for uh, that I got for standing up in a friend's wedding, friend of the show, Ed's, that I kept, uh, that I, and I started buying uh, Marvel Dice Masters because I'm like, oh, that's, that sounds like a fun game, and it's kind of like Hero Clicks, but it's a lot cheaper. It's only a dollar per booster, and uh, I've quickly filled up that box, and I'm like, I can't buy any more of these boosters, even though there's characters out there that I totally want, that I'd rather play with, and I'd rather have a collection of those dice, but I just can't keep on chasing. I can't keep on chasing I, I really can't. But you don't need to ch- chase chase to uh, get all our episodes. Even these not up. Though you do have to chase to get these not episodes. They're up for a limited time. So if you like it, download it and, and save it if you ever want to listen to it to, again. Because these, these things do drop. Our not episodes drop from our RSS feed. They're a limited time only kind of deal. Yeah. Um, 